Matthew chapter 6, verses 25-34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it find his kingdom and his righteousness. I think one of my greatest sins when I lived in Thailand was the sin of worry. As a missionary, there was always that sense of financial insecurity. Ministry partners, those who supported our work, would, would come and go. And when, when one left the fold, when their giving had stopped, I felt the pressure to replace them. However, when you are living overseas, finding a replacement becomes a very difficult task. And it seemed like every month I would be anxious as to what my next paycheck would look like. So I would constantly worry and feel the stress over providing for my family. What is it that, that you are worried about? Is it food? Is it clothing? Is it making next month's rent? What are the necessities in your life that, that cause you to stress? Those are what, what Jesus is honing in on in his message for today. Now, if you recall, Jesus had just warned his disciples that they, that they cannot serve two masters. And, and the focus of that message was on the sin of greed and, and accumulating wealth. He said that one should, should not store up their treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. Rather, they should store up their treasures in heaven where the ravages of this world cannot touch them. You see, the, the things of, of this world are not lasting. Whereas the things of God, they never fade. And Jesus went on to say that you can, you can tell where a person's heart is by looking at where they have piled up their treasures. Either their, their focus will be on, on wealth and material goods, or their focus will be on the things of God 
the things that he finds valuable. So in verse 24, Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And today we we see that Jesus continues this thought in verse 25 with the word, therefore. So this, this teaching of treasures and only serving one master is continued into our scripture for today. Again, we'll see the, the, the juxtaposition between material goods, which, which fade over time, and heavenly wealth, which lasts forever. Only this time, Jesus won't speak of greed, but of the sin of worry. Yes, worry is a sin. But before we jump in, let me give you a brief outline of our text for today. In verse 25, we see this transition from from the sin of greed to the sin of worry. And then in verse 26, Jesus draws from the birds of the air, showing that we we can learn from them how to be at peace. Then in verse 28, he highlights another aspect of nature, the lilies of the field, where we can absorb the lesson of trusting in God. And then in verse 31, Jesus points to the pagans, demonstrating that their idolatry is the outworking of their own worry. And then finally, in verse 33, Jesus gives instruction as to what his kingdom people should seek after. That being said, let's let's dive in. Look at verse 25 once more. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Here, Jesus points out uh, two great necessities in life, our nourishment and our covering. A few weeks earlier, we we talked about fasting and how in an ancient agrarian culture, the, the amount of time and effort that went into keeping everyone fed was immense. In our fast food culture, we we tend to be blind to the amount of work that goes into the making of a Big Mac and a large fry. Right? I mean, there's a lot of ingredients there just in a Big Mac. How many people were involved in making that food? And yet we order it. It comes to us instantly. Well, depending on which McDonald's you go to. Um, Almost instantly. We, we, we don't see the work behind it. Similarly, we, we, with the ease of which we clothe ourselves, we, we don't see the labor that goes into making our apparel. I mean, how many people, or how, how much effort came into making the suit that I'm wearing, and the shirt, and the belt, and the shoes? But during Jesus' day, the preparation of a meal or the, the sewing of a cloak or a tunic was a, was a lengthy process and was most likely at the forefront of a person's mind. What one would eat and what one would wear were valid things to worry about. And yet Christ commands his disciples to not worry. For life is more important than food and the body is more important than clothes. In other words, if, if God has created you, If he has given you life, if he has given you a body, 
Wouldn't he also give you the necessary tools to sustain that life and to protect that body? Let me ask you, how many of you would buy a pet but would never feed it or give it shelter? It's absurd to think about, isn't it? But you, you are more than a pet, for you are shaped after God's own image. What Jesus is communicating here is that, is that if God took the time to create you, then he will also take the time to give you what you need. And Jesus demonstrates this by pointing to two illustrations, the first of which we see in verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Jesus points to the natural order of things, revealing what should be obvious and simple. From the birds, we can see God's providence at work. We see how he directs his creation to provide for his creatures. Now, birds do not store their food away, do they? Instead, what do they do? They migrate, right? They, they, they go to where the food is abundant. This isn't necessarily an easy life. It's not as if God has filled a bunch of birdhouses full of seed for them. That's what we do, right? Instead, they, 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 have to, they have to go. They have to fly. They have to get to the right place to find the food that they need. It's a lot of flying and a lot of searching. But for the bird that, that, that flaps his wings, God the Father feeds him. Jesus says that you are more valuable than a bird. After all, is a bird made in God's image? Of course not. But you are. And if God looks after the bird, will he not also feed you? You see, worrying does you no good. It won't extend your life a single second. If anything, being anxious and being stressed will most likely shorten your life. And so Jesus gives us this lesson from, from these creatures in order to ease our worries. But it's not just the birds from whom we can learn. Look at verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Here, Jesus points us to the lily. Unlike the bird who is in constant search for food, the lily does no work. It just sits there, absorbing the, the, the rays of the sun and soaking in the rain. And yet, it carries a beauty that, that far exceeds the splendor of Solomon. Do you see what Jesus is doing, in, doing here? By moving from the bird to the lily, he is expanding on his Father's grace. God even looks after those who do not labor and do not spin. Now, this isn't a, a call for laziness, but it, it is an expression of God's vast 
love. Friends, if, if that is how God takes care of something as short-lived as, as the grass of the field and the, and the lilies that grow among the grass, then won't he also look after you? After all, he has given you many years upon this earth, and he has set eternity upon your heart. Do you believe this? Do you trust in this God that he will look after you and, and take care of your needs? Because if you do, then why do you worry? Look at Jesus' critique. He says, oh, you of little faith. This is pretty much what it all boils down to. Faith. If, if God is good, if he is all-powerful, will he not take care of you as well? Look, look at verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here we see the, the heart of the issue. The opposite of faith is doubt. The contrast to trust is mistrust. And it, it is in our questioning that we convey a lack of belief. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Where shall we live? What shall we drive? Where shall we work? And it's not that these are unimportant questions. In fact, they are vital questions. But it's how you ask them that makes them sinful. When, they're, when they are asked in a fearful and worrisome manner, it demonstrates a distrust in the goodness of God. And it is not much different than the pagan practices. Earlier in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warned his disciples about, about not praying like the pagans. He said this in, in chapter 6, verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like, like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. You see, these, these pagans did not know what it was like to have a generous God. The concept of God's goodness was foreign to them. This is why they would, would babble and speak many words, trying to appease their gods in order to receive a harvest or to find favor in whatever their trade. This is what Jesus means when, when he said that they run after all these things. They were worried about the things of this world. And so they ran to their gods, hoping to find food and clothing, and in the process, peace. But such peace would never last, for in a, in a short while, they would have to run to their gods once again, looking for the same things. They didn't understand the goodness of God, and so they chased after their idols. Hebrews 11, verse 6 states this, and without faith, faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is more than just knowing that God exists. It is believing that he is good. That, that, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you believe in the goodness of God? Or do you fret and worry? What is it that you're running after? What are you constantly stressed about? What are you not trusting God for? Jesus shows you a better way. Look at verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Instead of worrying about food and clothing, things that are, that are temporary, things that are here today and gone tomorrow, Jesus commands you to run after eternal things. You are to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. What Jesus is asking of you is to change your perspective. Instead of seeking this, seek that. So what are these things? What are God's kingdom and God's righteousness? As, we, as we've discussed frequently in Matthew's Gospel, when, when Jesus uses the term kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, he is, he is speaking of God's reign or God's rule. And so the first thing that, that, that you should pursue is God's sovereignty in your life. You need to place yourself under His authority, submitting to His will. Let me ask you, do you see Jesus as your Lord? Not just a Savior, but as your Lord. When you, when you come across a command of His from His Word that maybe you do not like, do you repent and submit? That's what it, that's what it means to seek His kingdom. Letting go of your will and grasping hold of His. Similarly, you are to seek His righteousness. In order to be a citizen of God's kingdom, you must desire a righteousness that is fitting of a child of God. What does that look like? Well, it looks like everything that Jesus has been talking about so far in this Sermon on the Mount. From the, the qualities that we read about in the Beatitudes, to being salt and light. It's not, it's not just being doers of God's law, but allowing the law to shape you from within as it molds your heart. It's doing your acts of righteousness in secret so as not to fall into the trap of seeking the praises of men. It is storing your treasures in heaven and not running after the things of this world. It's being perfect as your heavenly Father it's perfect. Sound difficult? It is. And in your fallen state, it is impossible to achieve. But that is why Jesus said to seek His righteousness and not your own. Just as you are to seek His kingdom and not your own kingdom, you, so too you, you are to seek His righteousness 
and not your own righteousness. Look at uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Dear friends, if you are seeking God's righteousness, it can only come to you by faith in Jesus Christ. If you want entrance into His kingdom, if you want to live that kingdom lifestyle that we have heard about throughout the Sermon on the Mount, then you must believe in Jesus, both in who He is and what He has done. That He is God in human flesh. That He lived a sinless life for you. That He died on the cross in payment for your sins. And that He rose from the dead three days later for your victory. This is what it means to seek His kingdom and His righteousness. And when you, when you do this, when you shift your perspective, everything else will fall into place. For your outlook will change. Things such as food and clothing will not seem as important to you. It's not that they aren't important, but there are now greater things upon which you will focus. And over time, what you will realize is that God has been looking after you the whole time. Our last verse today says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In my nine years as a missionary in Thailand, I was never once short of cash. My family was always fed, and we were always clothed. This good God that, that we worship, He took care of us. And in all my days of worrying, it didn't do me a lick of good. Instead, it just demonstrated that I had little faith. You see, worry stems from a lack of trust in our God who provides. Brothers, sisters, when, when you worry over the things of this world, even if they are necessities such as food and clothing, it implies that your entire existence should be focused upon and limited to this physical realm. Yes, you are physical creatures, but you are more than that. You are created in God's image, and He has set eternity upon your hearts. So do not worry, for this God whom you trust for eternal salvation, will also take care of your daily needs. Why would he not? He's a God who loves you and has compassion for you. Let us pray. Father, 
We confess that we have small faith. We worry and we, we fret not trusting in you. Not trusting that you have everything in control. Help us to, to believe in you. May your Holy Spirit increase our faith. We ask that you would set our focus upon your kingdom and your righteousness on the things of eternity. May our eyes ever be on your Son. We pray this in his name. Amen.